2: And hello there, and good morning. It's Franklin Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden, along with, of course, Charlie Davenport, the good. star of the show. Oh, thank you so yes, much. Yes, well,
3: that just, just warms the cockles of my heart when you say speaking things like of that. That
2: I had to put my car heater on this morning. <laughs> it was freezing.
3: You know what? The sun was out. Yes, yeah. gorgeous day, gorgeous morning. I, I actually didn't find it that cold this morning. Didn't you? No. Wow. Yeah, my... I found it a little frustrating with some of the road closures, but other yeah, than that... Me
2: both. I got mm. caught on St. Clair, and they, I don't know why they shut that down. I have no idea, but uh, I but... had to deke through the city in a different pattern, which lost me some valuable time. I know the you feeling. Know? Well, well I... You know the amount of prep work I do for this show. Uh,
3: absolutely. Yeah. That piece of paper so with got, phone numbers on it. Right? I got
2: here two minutes late, <laughs> and it just destroyed my whole morning. <laughs> well, my friends, welcome along to The Garden Show. I'll quickly give the phone numbers here Which or not you so have quickly. Down. <laughs> well, yeah, I do because you know they're easy to screw up. Mm. And if anybody going to do it. <laughs> Took okay. Ro- Robbie did it too.
3: When did he, it. When yeah. He was in for oh
2: good. I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I feel better now. Okay, for Toronto area l- listeners, here's the number to call. 416-360-0740 and then anywhere else in the province, toll-free 1-866-740. 4, 7, 40. And the mantra of the show, call early, call often, one question per call. Okay? It's funny when you and say... And we enforce that. We
3: we definitely yes, we do. do. And uh, w- when you say that, it brings a little smile to my, my face, because I was in Harrison this past week. Oh, yeah. Speaking at the 60th anniversary of the Harrison Horticultural Society.
2: Otherwise known as Minto.
3: Well, I guess, yes. Yeah. Harrison District, Minto District, yeah. something like that. Anyway... Really nice people, obviously. All gardeners are really nice people. And this was quite a gang that had come together and you know, celebration of yeah. 60 years. And n- quite a number of them are listeners to our show and the station. so hey, is that great? So, you know, big hello to the folks in Harrison. Thank you for hosting me. And, and we certainly had fun uh, that evening. And uh, people, when I meet them, they always look at me and they go... Call early, call often one question for Carla.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's
3: fun. All right, a couple of things going on. Today on this beautiful sunny day, from 2 until 4 p.m., <clears throat> excuse me, the Scarborough Garden and Horticultural Society presents the annual flower show with large displays of cut flowers and potted plants. As well, there are flower ranging and collecting seeds demonstrations how to overwinter spring flowering bulbs in containers. There's a junior's corner, a tea room, and door prizes. So free admission, it takes place at the Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road, large parking lot, free parking. This Wednesday, I will be at the Cannington Horticultural Society at 7.30 p.m. The meeting takes place in the seniors' room at 21 Ann Street North in Cannington. My topic is... And you'll like this, put your heater on in your car, the big chill. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Or preparing your garden for winter.
2: Yeah, this is the last uh, full weekend of summer, right? That's correct.
3: Yeah. It's going to be the next season starting next Saturday.
2: Okie dokie. Uh, Cannington, by the way, is on the way to Lindsay. Uh, mm, just, well, sort of the back on way. Depending where you're coming <laughs> from. <laughs> Highway 7, I think, you know. No, because... 7A. Ma-
3: Sweetheart, from where I live, Cannington oh. is northwest, and from where I live, Lindsay is northeast. Oh, well, I know. Lindsay's up Peterborough up that, way. It's up that area. No, Harrison. <laughs> oh, sorry, Cannington. Sorry, I had yeah, ha- yeah. Harrison on my brain. You're absolutely right. No, no, no. Cannington is. It's up, okay. up uh, Lake Simcoe. Yep, absolutely. <clears throat> and you're right. If I kept going, I could, I would end up in, in Lindsay. <laughs> uh, here's just a little a fun thing. Heather Sinopoli, who is called in. She's the president of the uh, Riverdale Horticultural Society. She just wanted to share this uh, little tidbit with us. She helps with a gardening program at Bridgepoint Health. Mm -hmm. Okay. This year, the patients are very thrilled to tell everybody that they won first prize at the CNE Flower Show with a mixed planter that Heather entered on their behalf. They really look forward to getting out um, onto the patio one hour a week, and each one does as much as he or she can do by planting seeds or seedlings, watering and pinching back. Gardening therapy is so good for the patients and rewarding for hey, me, Heather says, as deal. well. Yeah, yeah you yeah. bet.
2: All the people, all the competition there. That's wow. right.
3: So congratulations, obviously, to the to the Bridgepoint Health uh, crew that put together the prize-winning planter, and congratulations to Heather, too, for, for being you know a volunteer there and help, helping make oh, it happen. That's nice. Yeah. All right.
2: Good stuff. And we've got a guest coming on the show a little bit uh, later on the show. We
3: do. We have joining us later the Canadian product manager of Husqvarna. (sighs) Whew. He's going to be joining us to answer some questions about the coolest lawn mower of all time.
2: Folks, I've seen the fact sheet on this thing. It's incredible.
3: I've, <laughs> oh, I've seen man. more than the fact sheet, baby. Yeah. It lived in my my yard for 10 days, two weeks. Oh,
2: gosh. Okay, we'll catch the to that. The auto mower. <laughs> a little bit later on. <laughs> okay. and super. Oh, innovation abounds here on the uh, Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And we'll be back in just a moment to get to your calls here with uh, Charlie Dobbin on AM 740.
1: Su
2: so, chef Frank Proctor welcoming you along to The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, about to have a chat with Enos in Scarborough. Good morning.
5: Good morning. Morning. Yeah, uh, I have a question about blackberries.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Now, this happened two years in a row. Last year, they were the bushes were full, mm-hmm. but the berries didn't grow. They looked like freeze-dried berries. Oh. And this year, almost the same thing. They grew a little more. But still, they just didn't get the full size.
3: Mm. So lots of fruit, but no ripening. Like they're not, you can't pick them and enjoy them. They're not sweet. They're not fat. They're not juicy. Well, you
5: couldn't even pick them because they didn't
3: come off, right. you know. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, has something changed? Are there trees overhead that have gotten bigger in the last few years and there's a fair amount of shade now?
5: I can hardly hear you.
3: Tell me about the sun. How much sun are they in?
5: Well, I was just wondering if that could be the problem because my neighbor has a huge maple tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, like they, do, they don't get whole day sun anymore.
3: That could be the problem.
5: uh oh, yeah. Because I watered them. I really watered them this year because mm-hmm. it was so dry. Yeah. And I fed them, mm-hmm. but they just didn't get to any any size. You know.
3: Yeah, and, and it was a great year for for many of the fruits, as we know, with all that hot, hot sun and were, uh, oh, the sweetness in the I peaches. So
5: many this year. And I think I just had maybe a, a nice handful, that's
3: all. Aww. Maybe speak to your neighbor about bringing an arborist onto her property or his property to do some thinning of the canopy of the maple. Because maples, we love them. They do a lot of wonderful things for our yards. But the, the dense shade that they provide with their huge leaves yeah. can be a bit extreme for any growth below. Yeah.
5: So you think it's just a sun problem?
3: Yes? I think so. I mean, the other thing to consider is you mentioned f- that you fed the blackberries. Ensure that you're also providing them with a good layer of real nice, rich, organic compost or yeah, composted no, I manure. I really
5: well this year. Okay. I, mean, I just wanted to be sure I yeah.
3: get some. Yeah. yeah, Make sure that soil has been amended well. Obviously, feeding is important. Watering is important. But sun is also extremely important. Yeah. Okay.
5: Okay. Good the luck. The last place doing fine. They're getting more sun.
3: There you go. <laughs> thanks, Enos. Good luck with that. Okay, thanks.
2: 918 here on the uh, Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin as we flip now to uh, Union and uh, say hi to Susan. Good morning, Susan. Hello? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Susan on the line there.
0: Yeah, this is uh, Susan's husband.
2: Ah, you got elected. I see. Well, okay. it could yeah, be thought... Susan. Susan. Nothing wrong <laughs> with a man
3: named Susan.
6: Yeah. <laughs> We have some boxwood
7: mm-hmm. that
6: are—they were given to me about three or four years ago. They were 15 years old, and they were allowed to grow uninhibited. So they're quite tall. They're probably three feet tall, uh-huh. and we would like to cut them down a bit. Okay. Now, when and how do you do that? Uh,
3: when we always boxwood are an evergreen, and yeah. any evergreens we do our trimming or. Generally speaking, whenever we're going to trim an evergreen, we do it when, it's at, when they are actively growing. Because that way, whatever pruning we do will um, soon be covered by the plant growing over the cut bits that we've created. So h- is it a bit of a boxwood hedge, or are they individual plants?
6: No, they're individual plants, and I've got them as a hedge now.
3: Oh, okay. So they started as individuals, but they got so big, now they're, they're hedge-like.
6: Yeah, they're huge. Uh, and there's a fair amount of bear on the bottom,
3: mm-hmm. bear patch. <clears throat> so the rule of thumb is never trim out more than one-third of the plant at any one time.
4: Right okay,
3: so what I would do next, uh, you know, kind of late May, early June, depending on the kind of spring we're having, is uh, get down on your hands and knees, remove right away any deadwood. If there's any little branches that are absolutely have no growth on them at all, no green buds at all, eliminate uh, those. I've then, done that. Yeah, and then bring the plant down. If it's three feet high now, take a foot off the top. And take some off the sides, bring it into a tighter, more compact plant. Right. Give it a full year. Of course, remember amending the soil at the same time or prior to this is a great idea with a good organic material. And then the following, like late spring, do the whole thing again. I see. And you'll get them under control.
2: All right, thank
3: you. All right, you're Thanks. very welcome.
2: Thanks very much for the call on behalf of Susan, who <laughs> checked out.
3: <laughs> well, I'm just amazed that you assumed that that wasn't Susan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, like, I quite, just think you're being a bit narrow.
2: I, I see. Uh, I wouldn't want to meet Susan then in an alley, <laughs> i tell you. Wow. You're
3: sitting with Charlie right now.
2: <laughs> oh, that's true, too. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we, uh, you threw me right off the rails there. 9 20. on the Garden Show. And she's putting me through it this morning. Oh, uh, we've got to do a little bit of exercise we now. We do. Right? I do. Okay. I shall do my push ups. Yes, uh, indeed. I'm going to I'm sitting in the chair, but I actually. Watch you doing
3: your push ups. Okay. The okay, reason Frank is doing push ups is because uh, he likes to stay active. You know, Frank does a lot of kickboxing two. and he does a lot of walking Three. and theater and drama. He loves to dance. Four. And the way he can do all these things is through his ability to stay pain-free with reduced aches and stiffness. He uh, takes Cerasil, so Cerasil, like the mountains, S I E R R A S I L dot C A for more information, or pick up Cerasil at your local health food store, like. Any of the Health Planet stores in North York, Pickering, Markham, Mississauga, and Scarborough, or give them a call, 1-877-JOINT-14. 14
1: Don't change the radio station just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: Also exclusively on the station, the place for natural health information and conversation is the Natural Health Show, one hour of original programming. Happens every Saturday morning at 11 on the new AM 740, so don't miss it, the Natural Health Show. Today, following Dave's Corner Garage. Now, let me see if we follow along here to uh, Margaret in Scarborough. Yes, good morning, Margaret. Hello, Margaret.
5: Um, I'm, I have several geranium plants. Uh huh. They're quite tall and quite bushy. I would like to keep them till next year. How do I go about this?
3: Are they are in pots outside right now? Yes, they are. Um, well, do you have a sunny window in your home—a southern facing or western facing yeah. window? Excellent. Yes. What I would do, what works for me the easiest when it comes to geraniums, is I don't try and force them to go dormant for the winter. I basically treat them as a house plant in a sunny window. Uh, they will thrive. They will continue to bloom right through the winter. Um, and you will water as required. But of course, that sunny window is imperative in order to keep them happy and healthy.
5: Now, can I cut them back? Because they're quite tall. Mm-hmm.
3: Sure, you can. Uh, if... And, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's something that we tend to have to do with any plants when we're bringing them in. The only reason we hate to do it is because you'll be taking off flowers, of course. Mm-hmm. But no problem. You can definitely cut back. Obviously, do any cutting back when it's clear, like dry and sunny. Uh, you don't ever do any pruning when it's wet. Um, and at the same time, of course, you'll give them a, a soap and wash bath before they come in to try and avoid bringing any bugs in with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but for sure, you can cut them back. Okay, all right. That's all right. great. No Thanks. fertilizer, though. Remember, don't fertilize them. Just let them do their thing. They may not you know, create any flowers over the winter, but no big deal. Just water is required. Begin fertilizing in March.
2: Thank you very much. Thank right. you, Margaret. Thank you. Bye. Phone numbers 416-360-0740 in Toronto, anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. <laughs> and Charlie Dobbin on the scene here to have a chat with Beverly. Good morning, Beverly.
5: How are you both this morning? Oh,
2: Excellent. Great, thanks.
5: Good. Um, Charlie, I have a question. <clears throat> Excuse me. About a lilac bush, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to know when's the best time to
3: trim it back. Great question. Ru- <clears throat> There's a lot of rules of thumb going on here today. <laughs> the rule of thumb with any flowering shrub, which lilac of course is, we right. do whatever pruning we're going to do when it fin- right after it finishes flowering.
5: Oh, okay. Okay, so we'll so have to wait till next year. Correct.
3: Then. If you trim a lilac now, you will not see flowers next year. Oh, Because the flower buds are already formed on the lilacs now for next spring. Okay. All right. So right when they're finished flowering in your property or on your property, we want to trim off the dead flowers because that's always a good way to maximize flower bud creation for the following year. But then that's also the time to do whatever pruning required to bring the plant back into the right proportional size for the location. Oh, that's great. Okay. Thanks very much for your help. You're very welcome. Thanks for your call. Bye for now.
2: Bye bye now. And thank you for listening. And at nine twenty-six we welcome the first fellow to the line here. For, uh, my name's No, Susan yeah, was here. Uh, Susan?
3: Uh, Susan no, no, was no. on. You said oh, the Susan, first fellow. That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Susan's <laughs> husband. Okay. 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 In your Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Frank in
2: Port Hope saved me. Good morning.
3: <laughs> morning. Hello. Morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. <laughs> We're wonderful. <laughs> Great. I have a
8: question about uh, My lawn over the tile bed Mm -hmm. seems to always want to grow crabgrass, and I've reseeded twice now Mm -hmm. and watered, but I get a little few pieces or a few tufts of grass, but then as the heat comes in the summertime, they seem to die off and the crabgrass takes over. How do I fix this problem?
3: (sighs) Okay, and you're sure it's crabgrass that keeps wanting to, to grow there?
8: I don't know. I don't want to grow crabgrass.
3: No, I realize that. I am just wa- wanted to... And are you positive that it's crabgrass that's coming up? Yes. Okay. Uh, you know what's going to be one of your f- most efficient ways to solve the problem is to sod the area in the spring. Sod it? Sod it, yeah. Because y- you have to understand that crabgrass... The mother plants, the plants that are on your property now, are all going to die this winter. But yeah. each plant can c- provide up to 60,000 seeds, which they will disperse all over the neighborhood. Next yeah. spring, all those seeds will germinate and grow. And that's yeah. the trick with crabgrass, is that it, it in the spring... it you don't see it at all because there's no crabgrass to see. But those seeds are there and we get you know some sunshine and some warmth and some fertilizer, whatever going on, those seeds grow. So you have if you want to reseed the area in the spring with grass seed, then you're also going to be having a setting up a competition between the crabgrass seeds that are sitting there and the grass seed you're putting down. And yeah. there are some Uh, Items out there, there's one thing called corn gluten meal that um, will help to keep the crabgrass seeds from germinating. It's what they call a pre-emergent herbicide. But if you used corn gluten meal to stop the crabgrass seeds from growing, then all the seeds you put down won't grow either. So that's oh. where the sodding comes in. So that really would be the thing to do. It would be to In the spring, you would put down the corn gluten meal treatment, which would be mixed with a fertilizer, and then you would sod on top of all that. Uh,
2: Frank, how, how uh, large is the property that you might have to resod?
8: It's about an acre.
3: Oh, boy. oh that's a big deal. Holy cow. But
8: it's only, it's only over where the tile bed is that I seem to have this problem right. and along the edge of the driveway.
3: Right, and the the problem that's probably going on in the driveways, and we see this on all of our areas where lawn and and paving come together it's a heat thing. The sun beats down on the driveway, heats up the driveway heats up the soil beside it and bakes the grass beside the the walkway or the driveway or even the curb. Um, Also we tend to have salt damage near our driveways and near our curbs just from stuff dripping off our cars in the winter and splashing up from the road in the winter so that's always an area that needs a little TLC in the spring. Lots of water to neutralize the salt and you know Again, that top dressing and overseeding—you know—it's just and watering, obviously when it's hot. But I, but I would consider sodding over the tile field. You're not going to sod the entire lawn, but it would be a yeah. way that would get you in—you know—get started with a good lawn, and then you should be able to maintain it.
8: Okay. So you talked about putting the corn gluten down. Yeah. Uh, now put the corn gluten down first. Yep. Yeah. And then sod. Yes. And what's the interval
3: between time? Uh, It could be the same day.
8: Okay. So put the corn gluten down in the morning, hot in the afternoon.
3: Correct. And get your sprinkler out. (laughs)
8: Yeah. And and how long should it be watered? Like every day for how long?
3: Uh, You wouldn't water every day unless for some... You're going to do this in the spring, right? Where we normally have some rain and it's not too hot. Uh, yes. it, basically, you want to keep a new, newly sodded lawn moist, oh, good two, three weeks, and then the roots should have moved out of the sod into the ground below. Uh, through the summer, of course, again, you may need to water if we get into drought situation that first yep. year. And you want to water deeply to encourage deep roots so that you won't have to worry about watering this lawn in the future if we get into drought situations. Okay. okay, but we rarely water every day unless it's really hot, really windy, and you know, and obviously it's a super sunny spot. You just don't want that lawn to dry out. And the main the yeah, tr-
8: Well I was thinking that because where the tile bed is, with most tile beds, mm-hmm. there's a lot of sand in mm-hmm. that area where mm-hmm. they put down the tile bed.
3: Yep. Yeah. yeah, they fill with sand. So it does drain very well, but of course also it does tend to be somewhat of a moist area for many people. So okay. Well, if we have a spring like we did this year, yeah, you might water every day. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to water every day. Okay. You might. <laughs> thank you very much for your help. Oh, thank thank you. you so much for calling. Thank
2: you, Frank. 931. And hey, we have a special guest waiting online. Me
3: too. Good morning, Edward. Good
6: morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank.
2: Good morning, Edward. Nice to
6: have you here.
3: And you're just back from Sweden, I understand.
6: Uh, Still a little jet lagged,
3: but I'm okay. (laughs) There you go. Just so I, I should tell everybody who you are, Edward Andrea, is that the way to say your last name? Andrea, yeah. Andrea is joining us. He is the Canadian product manager with Husqvarna.
2: Oh, that's the trip to Sweden. Yeah. Exactly.
3: So we will, I'm, I'm hoping you'll give us maybe a, some sneak previews on any new stuff you saw in Sweden. But before we go there, I just want to tell everybody, the reason I've, I invited you to join us on the show is that I tested the auto mower in my on my property for about two weeks, and had a ton of fun with it, so I just wanted to give you some feedback on sort of what what, the, uh, how I, what my experience was all about, but for our Absolutely. listeners. The auto mower is a robot, okay? It's a robotic lawnmower. It looks a bit like a Batmobile, like yeah. a small Batmobile <laughs> from the side, but it looks like a Corvette from the back. But it's about uh, three feet long and two feet wide, right. about yeah. a foot high, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's this little robot. It was so much fun, right? So what you do is um, you lay out a grid, a wire, all around. In my case, I did the front yard first. So a wire all around the perimeter of the yard, which you stake down with like tent pegs type pegs. And you set up the little control station, plug it all in, and put the little Batmobile into its notch. And it sits there very quietly, charges its battery all by. It's like a hit start. It charges its battery. Once the battery's charged, it just...
2: Takes off and takes starts off. cutting.
3: Starts, exactly, and just does this whole random pattern within that uh, border that I had installed. It started cutting. Well, it was so cute. I mean, I had the neighborhood, <laughs> I had the cats, I had the dogs, I had everybody wanting to know what is that thing? And, you know, just doing its little perky thing. It was just so cute.
6: Yeah, the automower is an amazing piece of technology.
3: It sure is. What
6: gets me,
2: uh, reading the little fact sheet that uh, Charney brought in, is when it runs low on power, it finds its way back to the charging station mm-hmm. and recharges itself. Yeah, yeah. Wow! Exactly.
3: It's it's just it's a nonstop little guy. Like you, you kind of end up feeling like you know you start giving it a personality because it's there, <laughs> and and it's just perking away doing its thing, very quiet. Uh, to, yeah, it's, to,
6: actually, the quietness is probably its best-selling feature.
3: I was going to say I think that probably was my favorite feature too. That and its entertainment value, but it was <laughs> it's so quiet. Like it, I mean, there's your lawn being cut. You're sitting back, drinking a martini, watching it, giggling at it, doing its thing, and. And it's it's doing a really nice cutting job because the blades are like they're like razor blades, so they're really good yeah, cut.
6: Correct. And uh, they are, uh, they're little they're little three little razor blades. Yeah. Um, they're not affixed, so they're not mounted uh, solidly to the disc blade right. that spins them. Right. Um, so when they come across uh, an object that may not be grass, the blade actually breaks the plane and doesn't damage it. Right. Wow. Uh, and then tying in with that. If you lift up the automower in any way or it tips over, um, the blades stop automatically.
3: Right. Oh, yeah. It's it's actually very safe. I mean, I, I think, yeah, you wouldn't worry. I mean, anybody would get out of its way, but it was funny watching the cats play chicken with it because the cats kept thinking it was going to turn and then it would come right for them. And they were like leaping into the garden where they were safe <laughs> off the lawn.
2: <laughs> where can folks get a peek at this, Frank? Uh, Sorry? Uh, Edward, Edward. Yeah, Edward. Where can folks get a peek at this? Okay.
6: Uh, you can go to our website yeah. mm-hmm. Um We've got uh, some live videos there, or some demo videos there. It's mm-hmm. got the, the full spec sheet. Um, if they are more interested, our dealer network across Canada has them in stock. Uh, if not in stock, they can order them from our, our central warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to see the full line, which is uh, more of the European style, mm-hmm. now just some history. Uh, in Europe, we've been selling the Automower since
3: 1995. Oh man, a lot so of our. Big. Go ahead.
6: It's been a long time, a lot of research, yeah. a lot of uh, development over the over the last couple of years.
3: <laughs> no kidding. Um, I I clearly a lot of R&D went into this. Like this is like the Mars Curiosity Rover. I mean, it's got <laughs> unbelievable programming options if you're nerdy this is a lot of fun to there's I mean I basically put it on random and it just randomly did its thing but if I owned that thing I'd be sitting there you know programming right down to the minute to the the directions and the it's unbelievable what you can what you can tell that thing to do it's really neat a lot
6: of a lot of the um, the benefit of it is you can program the machine to go out in the middle of the night though it will cut in rain or shine Um, weather really isn't doesn't affect it cold obviously we don't we want to pull it inside in the winter Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you set it up in the middle of the night um, because you use your backyard for entertaining a lot or you have kids
7: Mm -hmm.
6: the auto mower is never interacting with the family Mm -hmm. Uh, it's cutting the grass at night
2: Mm -hmm.
6: wow the grass is cut all the time you never have to actually manually start a lawnmower and go out and cut no it's true
2: and because it's so quiet it's not gonna bother the neighbors no that's that's great
3: but so it can go out in pouring rain eh Absolutely. The, but so the, the one I had didn't seem like it was water, like it had that sliding plastic plate. It didn't seem like it would be actually truly water-resistant or waterproof. It is.
6: It's waterproof. Wow. So that little cover on top is more um, uh, for um, bigger material from not touching the keypad, Oh. but all the electronics themselves and the motors are all 100% waterproof.
3: Right. So even if water went down under that cover, that keypad, like you say, was completely sealed. Yep. Oh, exactly. Wow. So, because I didn't want to have it out in the rain, I didn't. I couldn't quite believe it was waterproof, even though all the time ta- the sheet said it was. I brought it in when it rained. <laughs> like,
6: a lot of a lot of people kind of get that uh, a, a little bit of an affection towards it, and they treat it more like a pet than
3: a, than I was, a machine. Is, well, I was going to say, like if I owned that, I'd be building like a little a little house for you it. You
2: have a name for it too.
3: Well, that's right, and you'd have the because you you don't really want to see that charging station; it's not that pretty. So you'd nope. want like a little house, and then the the mower would just go into its little house and charge up inside privately, where nobody was watching it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then it would just emerge when it wanted to It'd come to a tree
2: and lift its, uh, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Little blades. The the
6: other part that you could do with the the charging station itself is is design your garden around it, so it could be hidden. Right. So if you were designing the entire backyard or side yard or wherever you wanted it, the the charging station wouldn't stick out. Right. It could be behind some bushes or some some shrubs
3: that's right and you're absolutely right like if you owned it you would want you would actually do somewhat some perhaps even redesign of your garden just to maximize the efficiency of this little machine so that yeah you would have the curves and the you know rocks whatever things would be would be placed in such a way that it would all work really well but uh, yeah, yeah
6: that's exactly the key
3: it, it, it was it was totally a ton of fun now we will I do want to just share with our listeners as well now if I loved this and I said oh I want to buy one of these I notice on the bottom of of the the uh, the sheet here, the suggested retail is three thousand dollars. Correct. That's a lot of change.
6: It's a lot of money, but um, that particular one—I think it's the uh, the two twenty, the Automower two twenty—that you you tested. Mm-hmm. That particular unit can do up to nineteen thousand square feet of grass. Wow!
3: Which is a quarter so, acre, is that's a half acre, right? I
6: think. Yeah, it's, a, exactly. yeah, it's
3: quite a big area.
6: So if you look at that and compare it to um, a product that you would buy that would be gasoline, for example, you'd be into a high-end uh, tractor possibly or a very high-end mower. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be fueling that thing every mm-hmm. year or uh, and you know, every time it. you've got to fuel it. Yeah. Uh, and the auto mower, it's autonomous, which means you get all of your time back to you. So if you like to golf or garden or you go to a cottage or whatever you'd like to do, your weekends aren't spent spend cutting grass that's right. Boy, or weekends are spent doing what you'd like to do.
2: That's a real boon, isn't it?
3: it is, well, it is. And, but, and you know what else I thought? For, there are people that are really, really allergic, uh, and when they go out and cut grass, as soon as they start walking on cut grass or cutting grass, yep. they start sneezing and their eyes start swelling up and, you know, they're wearing gas masks to cut their grass. And I thought, you know, this would be a perfect gift for somebody who's highly allergic. Absolutely. You know who can't get out there and cut. And I mean, some people said, "Well, couldn't I just hire a company to cut my grass?" You know, for less than three thousand dollars. Now, of course, I live in the suburbs. I'm not on an acreage, and yeah. uh, so there's that. But I'll tell you, there's no company out there that was doing quite as nice a job as this little auto mower. It does a really <laughs> nice job. I must That's admit, the
6: key too, those little razor blades. Yeah. Cut cut the grass so fine that yeah. you you, um, it looks like a carpet. Basically, it's astroturf.
3: Yeah. Well, that's right. And it's really easy to change the height, the cutting height. It's super simple just to pop the top and turn the knob there.
2: Edward, I must admit, the first time I've heard the, the company name Husqvarna was from my wife, Di, who is a really good seamstress, and she forever has been dying for a Husqvarna sewing machine because they're like the top... Uh, Do
3: you, does Husqvarna still make sewing machines?
6: We do not manufacture them. We actually nope. license the name to Viking, I believe. Oh, okay. And same
3: with motorcycles. See, Husqvarna used to have amazing motorcycles, but you don't build those anymore either, do you?
6: No, nope. that's an agreement with BMW now.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, well, not a bad and, company to be associated with at all.
3: So really, the Husqvarna products are all about cutting tools like chainsaws, lawnmowers, whippersnippers.
6: Yep. We are all outdoor power equipment. So yeah. we do all of the handheld products that most people know. We do tractors, we do lawnmowers, uh, we do a, a myriad of things, leaf blowers, everything.
3: Mm. Okay. And so anything really n- new and exciting uh, in Sweden when you were there?
6: Oh, absolutely. We've got a lot of, lot of good stuff coming down uh, for the next 18 to uh, 24 months. There'll be some very good launches of some new product, uh, a couple new automowers,
7: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, and you talked, you commented about price. We're looking at something, maybe sub two thousand.
7: Well, okay, mm-hmm. yeah.
6: And it's definitely a smaller package, so it's going to be more for the urban Canadian right. rather than the one you had, which was more for
3: yeah the a rural, little
6: bit, a little bit rural.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good idea.
6: Um, and then we've got a full line of commercial grade electric uh, cordless products coming with the Husqvarna brand name. Oh. So these will be your premium um, trimmers, leaf blowers, hedge trimmers, all of all of those product categories.
3: Are any of them silent, like the little auto mower? mower? <laughs> <laughs>
8: not quite as aesthetically pleasing, but they're not bad.
3: I would love to have a silent uh, uh, leaf blower available in Canada. I'd make everybody yeah. in my neighborhood buy one of those instead of those loud ones they have. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a ton for this, Edward. It's really been a pleasure talking to you. and It was a lot of fun testing the machine. Uh,
6: when the new one comes up, Charlie, we'll make sure that we get one into your hands so you can test the smaller version.
3: Excellent. I look forward to it. That's
2: great. Nice meeting you, Edward.
3: Thanks Thank a you lot. Very much, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.
2: Boy. Uh, innovation, huh? I wow. know. I know. Everything keeps developing, and technology is I, marvelous.
3: But, you know, come on. When they invented like- the washing machine, that yeah. was a pretty big deal, right? From hand washing yeah, to true. ringers. You know, everybody said, oh, you're going to gain so much time. Of course, did we? Now we've got <laughs> auto mowers, and, and like Edward said, you're going to gain time. But, I, you know, we'll fill it with something else. Martinis, yep. maybe. Yep.
2: <laughs> Speaking of time, it is 943, and uh, I think I better start my exercises again. I did. I didn't. Quite complete my whole set. I like to do reps, you know. <laughs> it's important. And, uh, yeah. And the repping,
3: repeating but the I'm reps. I'm
2: just going to do push
3: ups. So, Frank, Frank, we use Dobb, no <laughs> whining required. Sierra Sil, a completely yes. natural mineral supplement. Spell
2: that for the folks. S
3: I E. R R A S I L. We can make a jingle. Um, the uh, Frank and I both take Sierra Sil because we want the freedom to maintain our favorite activities like chin ups and push ups at a table, and reduced <laughs> aches and stiffness. If you think that you might be a good candidate to try Sierra Sil, give them a call at one. 1- 877-JOINT-14 or pick it up at your local health food store. It is available all over the place, including Ambrosia Natural Foods in Newmarket and Thornhill.
1: S-I-E R-R-A S-I-L Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got the garden show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM seven forty.
2: And your sous chef Frank Proctor along for the ride here, saying hi to Barbara in St. Catharines, in Niagara. Good morning. Hello, Barbara.
4: How are you both today? Hey, pretty good. good morning. Good morning, Charlie. You are doing such a great job there, both of you. Thank you. I just have a question regarding a calla lily. My friend gave me a beautiful pot in this summer,
7: mm-hmm.
4: and now it's getting quite cool at night down here, and I have it on a balcony.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: I'm wondering if I should be taking it in now, and how do I take care of it during the winter, Charlie?
3: Well, the thing with calla lily is that it is a tuber. It grows from a tuber. Yes. And, and it will not... like it, It's been flowering over the summer, obviously, yes. and mm-hmm. it has lovely leaves on it, yes. and it does need a rest period. It okay. cannot just keep growing all the time. So what I would do is I'd leave it out on the balcony until we actually get a frost. And you'll find that, that uh, a gentle frost, a light frost, the leaves will collapse or okay. fairly quickly collapse. And yes. you'll let that happen. Then you will, with some sharp scissors, just cut off the leaves at ground level. You'll yes. bring the pot inside because it must be put into a frost-free environment. Okay. And you'll let it rest. Let it sit there for about eight weeks, just wherever. It, 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 dark is important. No water. Cool is nice if you have cool, but sometimes that's hard to come up with in an apartment. Uh, basement but
4: basement or a garage, Charlie?
3: Um, garage works. Yep, yeah, that's fine. Uh, okay. As long as it's you know, cool and dark, no water. Eight weeks, bring it out of the, from that experience, bring it into a sunny windowsill, give it some water, and it will start to grow again.
4: Wow, I would be taking it in now if I not called you. Wow. It's everything green, and then it would probably ruin it.
3: Well, what would happen is it would struggle to keep growing and it would get sparser and thinner and oh. weaker. And then you'd be calling me saying, What do I do? It's also weak. I It's
4: <laughs> a good plant. Thank you so much, both of you, and mainly Charlie. Oh, thank you! You're doing a good job there in the background. <laughs>
3: thank thank yeah. you very much. And
4: have a great day and a lovely weekend, both of you.
3: Thank okay. you, Barbara. You too. Okay, sort of a little. Good
4: morning.
2: Thank you, Barbara, for that little backhanded compliment. Yeah, mainly it's okay.
3: you. Mainly you. I mean, well, it is your show. Though, though you're doing a nice job in the background. Uh,
2: thank you very much. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, as> well, particularly
3: when you're doing you know chin-ups on the table.
2: We we've got a lock on St. Catherine's listeners. I'm telling you, uh, we do. Peggy, Peggy is are on all the your, line.
3: Your fa- family and friends. Let's or what?
2: give a two to the horn. She's going to talk about a trumpet bush. Uh, (laughs) Hello, Peggy. How are you?
3: Just fine, thank you. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning.
5: Yes, I had a trumpet bush that turned into a beautiful tree, but we decided to cut it down because we kept getting all these suckers all over the lawn Mm -hmm. and all over the garden, so we didn't want it anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, we cut it down two years ago, (laughs) but we didn't get up the root because it's in a bad place. There's all shrubs around it
7: Mm -hmm.
5: and of course now we still keep getting all these suckers all over the place and Mm -hmm. we wanted to know is there any way we can get rid of them other than have a professional come in and dig this root out for us
3: um well not yeah i mean there's that dig the whole mess out honestly though eventually the root will die but in the in order for that to happen what you have to do is stay right on top of every time a sucker emerges from below ground, puts little green leaves out there that are rapidly absorbing sunshine and fattening up the root, you have to be all over that and removing those suckers. Just cutting them off? Yep. If you can eliminate green leaves from that, you know, every time a sucker shows its little little <laughs> head, you're right on top of that and remove it, eventually the root will die. Oh, well, okay. that's wonderful. It dude. might take a year or two, but yes. but that would be, I, I, if you can do that, more efficient than than having it all dug up. Certainly less expensive, too. Yes, um,
5: and the suckers will stop coming, too, then.
3: Uh, yes, exactly. As the, when, Once the root actually gets no energy replenishment, right? So that's what's right. going on. It's got energy in the root. That's what it's able to send the suckers up with. Okay. And, of course, the suckers are photosynthesizing, and fattening the root. So if you can just continue to remove the suckers, eventually you'll get ahead of it, and the root will wither up. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining
2: the show, Peggy. You're welcome. Uh, Alrighty, have a great day, and thank you for listening to AM740. Yeah, Zoomer Radio. That's us. And uh, we'll be along to talk to Bill in in Scarborough in just a moment after these words on The Garden Show from AM740.
4: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams.
1: you pick picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: So from downtown Toronto, we're going to take a little trip out to Scarborough and say hi to Bill. Hey, welcome to the show, Bill.
9: Thanks a lot. Good morning. Good morning. How's everything? Great. Great. Uh, It's been very interesting listening to you so far, and I hope you can help me with my question. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been hearing a bit lately about people who garden using straw bales, Mm -hmm. and I wondered, uh, it sounds like an interesting idea to try, but how sustainable is it over a couple seasons?
3: Uh, okay, so just to uh, help everybody understand what straw bale gardening is, straw bale gardening is when you take straw bales and you create garden beds with the straw bales, basically holding the beds together. Am I am, am I right? Is that what you're thinking of?
9: Uh- Yes, it on, sounded to me like you're actually growing onto the, right in the straw. Bag. Right.
3: So that's the other option. Is use your bale as your garden, so to speak, and plant into it uh, with some soil, et cetera. And straw will, will decompose. I mean, that's what it will do. It will not last. That's
9: the advantage to using it exactly. in, in bad soil conditions and... and places like that. That's
3: right. You raise the plants up uh, rather than trying to fix existing soil or that's full of roots or whatever. Uh, you it's it's basically like a raised bed, but instead of building a raised bed, you lay a straw bale on top. How mm-hmm. sustainable? Um I think it's it will always come down to amount of nutrient and moisture available for to speed up the decomposition of the straw. So it would depend what you're growing. Some plants are going to be more able to withstand a drier environment than others that are going to need more water. It'll also depend on things like weather. But ultimately, uh, the straw bale should last at least two to three seasons, but no longer, I wouldn't think.
9: Uh, Uh, Then at that point, you just shove the stuff in from the ends and put a new row of straw bale? Exactly.
3: Start Lay on top and start again. Ah, yeah. well, how about that? Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, now, for, in downtown Toronto, sometimes it might be a bit tough to get straw bales, or, you know, <laughs> you would need a truck, you know, or a van or a trailer or whatever to get straw bales, but it is a good time of year because many of the garden centers bring in straw bales for decorating. Uh, the you know, Halloween for Halloween decorating. Yeah. So I mean, you can always stash some straw bales under cover for the winter. You know, under some tarps for well, the that's winter. A good idea. And then save them for next spring. Uh, but th- I think the operative word too here is straw bales. Stay right away from hay because hay oh, is right. full of yeah. seeds. You do not want hay seeds growing and you know throughout anybody's garden, but straw is of course hollow it's like that's where the what straws drinking straws that's where it all comes from um and so well, it's a great fantastic. good little insulator and uh and yeah I mean it, it it I've never done it, so I don't speak from experience, but I've read a little bit about it, and it's a wonderful idea in right the right circumstances.
9: It might be interesting as well as a school project for some
3: mm-hmm.
9: youngster to try that. Oh, I that's agree. That's
3: a good idea, too. Yeah, yeah. Gee. Grade 3, part of the curriculum for grade 3 is plants. How do, what, what makes plants grow? That's where they start seeds and do a lot of things. So, I mean, it might be a really nice uh, opportunity. Are, are you a teacher, uh, Bill?
9: Oh, no, I'm not. Um, I've just been uh, inundated with information from... Facebook. I must have made the mistake of telling somebody on Facebook I'm interested in gardening. uh
2: Oh, yeah, a big mistake there. But uh, hey, a really interesting question. I'm glad you uh, called in. That, that's I'd never heard of it before, to be honest with you.
9: Well, thanks very much. I appreciate your help.
2: Our
3: pleasure. Thanks for calling.
2: Have a great day. Thank you. And uh, keep listening, of course, to AM740, Dave's Corner Garage, coming up just after the news. (laughs) Uh, On we go to uh, Etobicoke and have a chat with Zarita. Hi, Zarita.
8: Morning. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. Morning. How are you? Good. We're great. Uh, Friend of mine she give me a sankana rose, parade rose. And half life, half dead. I don't know what to do. I can cut them, or I put them in a bigger pot, or wait, wait, what kind of rose? P a r a d e rose.
3: Parada rose.
2: Parada rose, huh?
3: P a r a d e. Like a
8: little roses, you know?
3: Yeah. So it sounds like a mini rose. Yeah. Okay. Um, can't. All right. Do you? You can. Many mini roses will survive the winter outside. Mm -hmm. Treated just like a regular rose. So what it would be is obviously full sun location, reasonably good soil, but well-drained, planted in the ground. Or Mm -hmm. if it's in a pot right now, at least burying the plant in the pot in the ground for the winter. Mm -hmm. I would mound up a little bit of soil or leaves or, uh, you know, sort of straw around the rose Mm-hmm. after we've had some very hard frost so you know november you would do some hilling of that little mini rose and it's very likely to survive the the winter and come back and be a lovely little plant in the spring i have um just one mini rose myself but it has been in my garden gosh 10 12 years it comes it's there every spring uh it's and it's lovely it's fragrant it's one of the reasons i love it it's uh, yeah you know they're just they're, they're i'm i like i'm a huge rose fan and i have a lot of sun so it's easy for me to grow oh, them
8: that's much better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's
3: If you don't have a lot of sun, don't even try roses. But yeah, if you've got sun, they're wonderful. There's wonderful roses out there. Yeah, because a friend of mine, she gave it to me. Ah, oh, good. Well, um, oh. that's, that's what I would do. Uh, don't try and keep it in the house over the winter because you will end up with aphids and spider mites and whitefly and God knows what. They just, oh, I don't know where they come from, but they seem to emerge from, from the wallpaper in the winter when you've got roses indoors.
8: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay?
2: Okay. Okay, thank you very much for the calls, Rita.
8: Okay, I joined the show. I think it's uh, you needed extra more hour.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll talk to the boss about that. I was going to yeah. say, yeah. thanks. <laughs> it's, it's really... <laughs> thank you very much.
8: And I join it every Saturday. Well, wonderful. Well,
2: that's great. Thanks, Rita. Yeah, we uh, seem to share breakfast, I think, with a lot of folks out oh, there. I and, think so. It's yeah. a delight. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm
8: making waffles beans the lunch.
2: Yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> you wonderful. Yeah. Before we, uh, before we leave, we have to deal with an email that you Yeah, I just wanted received. to
3: share an email with everybody that I received this week. It's from Karen Tolley. Uh, she writes the email from Colorado. Um, wow. And then she said her parents, who live in Buffalo, listen to the show. Mm-hmm. So I guess they recommended that she write me because we're that good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You've she, you yeah.
3: She has ficus trees. Okay, ficus are fig trees. Typically, now she doesn't say this, but Benjamina um, being an, uh, an ornamental indoor tropical mm-hmm. plant. She's had one of them for a long, long time, uh, 30 years, uh, 18 feet tall, and she wonders if it's defoliating a lot, is it just come to the end of its life, she's wondering. The other one is younger, but again, a lot of defoliation. So quickly, my recommendation, number one, it is normal for ficus to drop leaves as the days get shorter. Tropicals know, even though you know they're not prepared for a real winter, they know that it's the shorter days are coming, so we always see some defoliation. But you shouldn't see more than 20, 30% max anything more than that yeah there's something wrong now what about transplanting sounds like a really big deal to transplant these plants but that might make a huge difference if she could get some help to get that particularly that big one some fresh soil maybe not out of the pot and back in but maybe scooping out some of that soil or doing whatever you can to get some fresh soil in there that might make a big difference as well look closely for bugs otherwise there's no reason in the world why why the ficus would drop other than just normal winter's coming.
2: Okay. Let's do this all over again next week. eh? Hey, what a good Ah, idea. Thanks, Frank.
3: I look forward to seeing you. (laughs) And thanks, Dave. Thanks, Tim. I will, of course, see you all next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio.